going to get fresh ears. Because you know what? If we had this love thing down, we would look different. Okay? We would be taking over the world, literally. Because love never fails. And so in our, in our marriages would look better. Our relationships with our friends and families would look better. All that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm just going to read it. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified because it's Amplified. <laughs> okay, so um, love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor bowls over with je- jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. Remember that was the word from last week, haughtily, right? It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love. God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy. It is not fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. And then if you skip down to verse 13, because this will be pertinent for uh, later on, um, and this is the NIV version. Now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And you know, the Lord will bring us through seasons where we're focusing on things. Sometimes we're focusing on our faith walk and it's about confession and it's about um, prophetic prayer and it's what we're believing for and, and that's good. And um, he'll bring us through seasons where we're about, we're really needing to focus on hope because we're having a hard time maintaining that uh, posture in the face of just real darkness. Yeah. And then love is an ongoing thing, but today he wants to do love. So let's talk a little bit what love looks like. It's patient and kind. That's easy. How many of you have gone through this list and, like, you get hung up at patient? Like, because you didn't pass the patient test, so it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't pass go. I can't get, you know, get on to the next one because I haven't passed patients. Yeah, can't receive my $200. Um, and it's kind, and it rejoices in truth. That's when right and truth prevail. It always trusts, protects, perseveres, and never fails. Now, that's what it looks like. But we're going to focus a little bit on what it doesn't look like because the word focuses on what it, you know, sometimes in order to get it right, you need to see where you're getting it wrong, right? Because that's where we're going to get convicted. And we're going to get convicted not in a condemnation way, but in a way like we missed it. And we need to come up higher. And the only reason we're told that is because we can. You know, you're not convicted for something and then, well, I can't get there from here, right? Because when there's a conviction, there's the grace to come up higher that you can yank on it, that you can pull on. And, you know, apart from him, we can do nothing anyway. So the onus is on him. And it's on us just to receive it, yeah? So what does it not look like? In this passage, it doesn't look envious. That's not a surprise. doesn't look boastful. does not display itself haughtily. We talked about that quite a bit last week. That was amazing last week. But this whole concept, we have to be careful. Because sometimes when 
you are stepping out, you know, the righteous are as bold as a lion, right? And there's a self-confidence that comes on that if it's not discerned properly, can look cocky, can look prideful, right? Um, but it's just confident in the Lord. It's just confident in him. Remember, if we're doing it, if we're doing it apart from him, then there's that issue. But if we're not apart from him, we, we need to be bold. We need to step out. We need to say things as they are because that's going to bring freedom. That's where the power is going to come from, yes? It's not proud. Except for we can be proud. We can be proud of the Lord. I mean, I'm so proud to be God's, you know? I'm like, I'm God's. You know, you can be proud of that, but it's not me. It's him, right? It's not dishonoring. This is important. God is an honoring God. You know, he, he made us from going from servants to friends. He made us going from orphans to sons. He has honored us intrinsically because he is a God of honor. But he'll also convict us in the places where, where we're not honoring. And we're not honoring other people where we're not honoring ourselves. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. In that, I love the, the Amplified, it says touchy, fretful, or resentful. So if you're in a place, and you know, this has happened to all of us. When we're in a place of pain and we get around people that just, you know, like stick it right there, you know, <laughs> um, you can find yourself in a place where you're just constantly going from one ouch to the next ouch to the next ouch. And what we tend to do, because, you know, no one likes pain, is we tend to avoid those people. And what our response is, because yesterday we talked about keeping on love for all of you that were there and for all of you that weren't there, is that our goal is not to disconnect in self-protection. Our goal is to maintain connection, but we need to figure out what is up with us because we are not called to control anyone but ourselves. So when we're responding that way, there's something that the Lord is bringing out saying, you know what, this is not a place of wholeness because this person, when you get around them, is making you do the Watusi. I mean, whatever it is that you're doing, right, where you're touchy or resentful or fretful, okay? So that's just a ding, 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 ding. Lord, what, what is up with me? I clearly have an issue. Not that the other person may not have an issue, but you know what? You're not responsible for the other person, okay? It's really about you. We're going to run into broken people from now until we're no longer here. Just the world is full of it. Um, and so we're going to need to manage ourselves, okay? So, um, so just thought I'd bring that out. Not easy, angered, touchy, or resentful. Keeping no record of wrongs. How many of you have ever been, you know, the sledgehammer of all the different things you've done for the past 20 years that probably are accurate, actually, but they haven't been able to let it go. And that's a root of bitterness and that defiles. So that's important. We need to, you know, we're not supposed to point out other people's stuff unless the Lord is, is using us in that conviction thing. But we really need to make sure that our hearts are okay. It does not delight in evil, rejoices in the truth. So that's all good. So. We just went through the list. You know, there's one thing that's not on the list. And that's this concept of just being nice. Like, we're all nice. I tend to be a nice person, usually. You know, quiz Brian, he'll give you the real scoop. But I tend to be a nice person. But this has been, sometimes, I'm nice when I need to confront. And the Lord has had to confront me on 
feeling on this deception that somehow love always has to look warm and fluffy. Like if people aren't just, you know, let's bound, bounce off the walls, let's hold hands and kumbaya, that I have not done my job. And sometimes warm and fluffy is not what people need. Yeah. Well, sometimes, well, there's a, there's a concept of meanness that is not mean because it's really love, right? So there is a place for godly confrontation. And, you, you know, we need confrontation. And the Lord has actually been confronting me, which, honestly, I, I appreciate. Let me say this, because um, God corrects sons. He corrects sons. And when you're in a position where you are mature and able to handle it, um, you're easily correctable, okay? And he can correct you with some really tough things. So he's been correcting me with stuff, and I love it. It doesn't always feel great. It's kind of one of those, you get a spanking, thank you, Jesus, I know I needed that, but it didn't feel good, right? So let's go to Hebrews 12, 6 through 13, okay? For the Lord corrects and disciplines Everyone whom he loves. Now, let me just ask you, who does that not include? That's, he's everyone. Does that, that includes the church. Does that include unbelievers? Does he love unbelievers? Yeah. He loves us all. Okay. Now, the next passage was a little hard for me. I had to look this up. I had to say law on it a bit. He punishes, even scourges, every son whom he accepts and welcomes into his heart and cherishes. And I was like, dang, that's hard. You know, because my relationship with the Lord, the thought of punishment was freaky. Okay. But there's an issue with that. Because there are times when it is appropriate to discipline pretty hard. Like... Okay, so we'll, we'll take Robert. You guys know Robert. And there have been seasons where Robert has not had great judgment, just like every child. Okay. And so if he insists on running out into the street, even though I've told him no and whatever, and he just insists on my level of discipline is going to, the ante is going to be upped to the point where he may need to get a red bottom because that's for his safety. Yeah. I love the sound effects. Okay. So, um, so the Annie's going to be, and the thing is with us, if we're not listening, if we're not easily correctable and teachable, the Annie's going to get upped. You know, he, he wants to lead us with his eye upon us, right? With his eye. How do you lead with your eye? You lead because you're so in tune. You know, the, 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 the eye is the, the windows of the soul. So when you're connected with the eyes of God, what is going on inside of God? And so he can be very subtle with his eye. But man, if you have a tender heart, you're going to be, yes, sir. Yeah, oh, that grieved you. Okay, oh, wait, that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't good. Okay, yeah, I repent. I repent and think at a high, high level. If we're not, if we're dense, He's going to have to up the ante. So he, later on in that passage, it says, be not by the, like, like the horse or the mule that need a bit and a bridle to tame them, right? So if you're needing to be bridled, to be pulled up short, he will do it if he has to because he's a good daddy. He's a good daddy. But we, we want to be that sensitive, tender-hearted. You know, what, what's, what's up with that? Okay. I, we don't want you to be paranoid about like what your deal is. Cause sometimes you need to relax, number one, because the Lord will know how to find you and he'll know how to communicate with you. Like he's really good at his job. 
Okay, so you can trust him. You know, I don't want you to be paranoid searching out for everything you're doing wrong. I just want you to be tender when it's time to be corrected. And we all have that. We're good sons, okay? It says, um, now if you're exempt from correction and left without discipline in which all of God's children share, then you are illegitimate offspring and not true sons at all. The King James calls, calls it bastards. That's pretty... You know, we can put that on tape because it's in the King James. Okay, that's, that's a, that that's a, you know, you're an illegitimate son if you're not receiving correction. And so, and you are being corrected, you know, chances are you may be a little dense, you know, like join the club. We've all been there. No condemnation in Christ Jesus, but let's not stay there, right? Moreover, we had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we yielded to them and respected them for training us. Shall we not much more cheerfully submit to the Father of spirits and so truly live? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for only a short period and chastised us as it seemed proper and good to them. But he disciplines us for our certain good, that we may become sharers in his own holiness. Okay, so he disciplines. There's a certain good. On the other side of ouch, spanking, okay, there's a certain good. And he's able to discern that. He's able to recognize. He knows what we need. So that, um, let's see, I lost my face. So that we may become sharers in his holiness. So like on the other side, we are partakers of the divine nature. We're releasing a new level of glory that looks like him. Yeah. Isn't that what we want? Um, for the, for the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems grievous and painful. But afterwards it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. I love that wording. This is training folks. We are in training. Like we are sons in training. We are the army of the Lord in training. Yeah. So this is part of your training. You go to boot camp you're going to get trained and they're not going to be nice and they're not necessarily going to do it out of love. Okay. Um, but God's going to, God's not into control. He's not into fear, but he's into training you as good soldiers. So I love the next verse. It says, so then brace up and reinvigorate and set right your slackened and weakened and drooping hands and strengthen your feeble and palsy, pal- this is a medical term. I should get this. Um, palsied and tottering knees and cut through and make firm and, and plain and straight paths for your feet. So what's going on there is like, you know what? It's kind of telling us like, take it like a man, take it like a woman. Like we need to take it and not, um, to take it like this is good for me. Like sometimes we need, we need discipline. We just, we just do. And you know what it does is it brings out your best. It brings out who you really are. It brings out the champion. You know, we've got this thing that goes on in our household, like, and Robert will especially say this, but the girls have said this as well. I can tell on you a little bit, right? I'm going to do it anyway. So, okay. (laughs) So, um, when they start, you know, that's so hard. That's so hard. And, and I basically say, I say, guys, you are made for hard things because you're champions. Champions will do the hard things that people who are not champions are not willing to do, right? And so you have a leadership team. You know, I'll say, I so appreciate this about Shalise, and I'd say this if she weren't here. Um, 
because she does not compromise on calling out your best. And sometimes that doesn't feel warm and fuzzy. Like when I'm having like a, like, you know, owl time, and really what I'm wanting is someone to like, you know, just, oh, they're there, sweetheart. It's going to be okay. And there's a place for that. But there's a place for, well, Catherine, you need to remember who you are. So what are you going to do about this? And it's not harsh. It's loving. Why? Because I've kind of forgotten that I was a champion. I'm feeling like a victim. Right? And suddenly I'm under the circumstance. And I've forfeited my power. Because I've said to the circumstance that you're so powerful. I've said to the, the people maybe that were whatever, that you're so powerful that you have the ability to control my response. I've given my power away. And I've become a victim. So um, just being reminded that, you know what, you know, we need that compassion and that mercy in the midst of stuff. But we also need to be reminded that we're champions, that we were created for hard things, okay? And that's something she does. She's done amazing at modeling that. So thank you, Shalise, for that. I've, ne I've needed it. You know, I looked up the word chasten because, number one, it doesn't sound very pleasant. I was trying to find, like, you know, where's the, the happy part? <laughs> okay? So, and, but this is what it came out, right? To train up a child to educate or by implication discipline, and in parentheses, by punishment. Dang it, just can't get away with that. Chasten, to instruct, learn, and teach. Okay, there's stuff we need to be called up short. There just, there just is, and it's in all of us, you know, and we need to be, the, the thing last week was this issue of humility. What makes you promotable? Humility is the place of promotion, and, we, you know, we never graduate. You know, it's really, usually the Lord can speak to me really sweetly and whatever. Um, there have been a few things lately. He's just flat out, no, we're not doing that. He's just flat out, no, I'm not going to let you do that. No, you don't have permission. And it's actually the area of correction for me has been, um, I've been called to co confront some things in some people, and it's not looked nice. It's not felt nice. And I had to struggle with a lot of condemnation, but obviously it wasn't from the Lord because he doesn't do that. But a lot of self-doubt and whatever, and just kind of in that whole place, and the Lord was not letting me back down one bit. You're not going to, you're not going to, uh, you know, backtrack. You're not going to backpedal. You're not going to apologize. You're not going to whatever. You're going to stand because this is righteousness and this is me. And it's not warm and fluffy. Okay. So, you know, he's had to really, I, I, I felt bridled. I felt like, oh, okay, I'm really needing, this is something I'm needing to learn about love. Because what needed to be confronted was something, an internal thing, and the Lord is not willing to back down with that, right? So, and also, it brings up the issue of fear of man. Like, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't look nice. Well, it's not called to look nice. It's called to be love. It's called to confront something that needs to be confronted because that needs, that thing needs to come out. That thing needs to go down, right? And so sometimes we need to have the courage of our convictions. So as true sons, we need to bear up under godly correction. We really do. Um, for sons, that's an affirmation of our sonship, right? It's an affirmation. It's affirmation that the Lord is confidence that we can come up higher. And that we're destined, he has confidence in us, right? Like, you don't discipline a two-year-old for not knowing how to play the piano, okay? You don't have, that's not appropriate, 
Okay. But if someone's getting in the, in the place of promotion and that kind of thing and needs to come up higher, the Lord is saying, I know you can do this. I'm, I'm conforming you into my image. I'm conforming you. You know, the process of being conformed to his image, being put in a mold is what that means. Um, that transformation process, that's not comfortable. Because you're literally, things are having to go. Things are having to be added on. You're getting squished. You're getting whatever. But what comes out is Jesus, right? What comes out is, is in that place, yeah? Now, in the place, if, if, if you're carrying an orphan spirit, and I want you to be really honest with yourself where this might be looking like, because I've had to be honest with myself, okay? And I, believe me, I've struggled with this. So I'm just, just to help you out there. The correction looks like rejection, okay? It looks like there's something wrong with me rather than there's something right with me that I'm being conformed to, right? So the authorities that are called um, to bring that correction are there for a reason. You know, they're entrusted with your soul. That's a huge thing. You know, you know that brings a fear of God to me. That, that scares the, I can't say bejesus out of me because that's not really good. But that's, it scares me in a good way because that's a holy thing. You don't mess with people. You don't mess with God's kids, right? And when you mess up, you like, you own it and whatever, okay? Um, but there are times, especially when that spirit is there, that, um, that, that correction is not taken. So if there have been times when you've been corrected and you've responded to that by withdrawal, you know, just like, oh, I'm not going to hang around that person because I'm hurt by hiding, by being defensive, like trying to justify why it was okay, um, by challenging authority. And then of course, worst case scenario would be just flat out rebellion. Like I'm not, I'm not going to submit to this. Those would be symptoms of an orphan spirit. And I will say the Lord's after that. He is after that thing because he doesn't want you an orphan. He wants you as a son, right? So let's, let's, uh, retreat a little bit back into scripture. Um, I'm, I want to go to Matthew 16, 23, and I'm going to do the amplified again because it amplifies. Um, it says, but Jesus turned away from Peter. This is after um, Peter had said to Jesus, Jesus had said, I'm going to the cross. It's not looking good, boys. You know, it's just, it's not going to look good. And Jesus said, you know, that'll never happen, you know, all that. And so Jesus turned away from Peter and said to him, get behind me, Satan. Ouch. You are in my way, an offense and a hindrance and a snare to me. For you are minding what partakes not of the nature and quality of God, but of men. Okay, that, that would freak me out. That would freak me out if Jesus said that to me. But, you know, the, the, the truth is that was a huge deal. That was a huge calling. That was not, not Jesus, that was not nice. Okay, but the truth was love here had to call out something. He had his mind, and he was also a snare. Like, he was threatening Jesus' number one priority and his allegiance to the Father by saying, listen, that doesn't look like it should look, and it should look like this, and praying on fear of men. And that, w- that was a snare to Jesus that he had avoided. Okay, so he had to pull him up really short. Um, now, you have no idea from the, pa- pa- from the passage how Jesus took it. Like, you know, did he go and like, well, I'm not following you, Jesus. Or, you know, you don't know how he, how he took that. Except in the next chapter, apparently he must have taken it right. Because in the next chapter, it's all about him taking up the three and Jesus was transfigured. 
So apparently he passed the test. Apparently he took it like a man, okay? Yes. And he was able to be part of this um, incredible revelation of the transfigured Christ in front of his eyes, okay? There's another one, and I wanted to go into that I thought was amazing in this, and that's Luke 15. This is the, the prodigal son story, or the it should be the awesome dad story, right? Okay? And we'll start in verse 18, because you guys know this. The son went away, spent his dad's inheritance on riotous living and harlots and all that. Um, and then he finally gets to the place. He's in the pig pen, and those pods are looking good, okay? And he says to himself, I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. Okay, so what's going on in this particular passage? He's being humbled by the circumstances, right? Things have gotten so bad, like uh, heart change. Wow, wake up and smell the coffee, right? I am, you know, I am craving pig pods, okay? Um, He received an appropriate correction here, okay? And it was brought on by circumstance, all right? I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your hired servants. Now, here he was receiving condemnation. And in the old covenant, that was condemnation of plenty, you know, all, all to go around. In the new covenant perspective, there's no place for that because there is no condemnation in Christ. It's simply not allowed, okay? So he got up and he came to his own father, but while he was a long way off, my page. Okay. Um, his father saw him and was moved with pity and tenderness, and he ran and embraced him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son, no longer deserve to be recognized as a son of yours. But now the father was like, talk to the hands, right? He was like, okay, I, I, la, 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 you're back, you're my son, I can't hear you because you're saying stupid things, yes, right? I think the Lord does that a lot, by the way. Like when we do stupid prayers, right, like that he can't answer, you are so adorable when you're stupid, right? He just, But I just can't hear the stupidness that's coming out of your mouth, okay? And we can trust him for that. I mean, God knows we don't want to be stupid, but let's face that we are all just really stupid sometimes. It's no condemnation. You know, it's kind of like the Galatians, oh, my beloved idiots, okay? So, you know, that's okay. You're in good company. We've all been beloved idiots. So anyway, and so the father says to his bond servants, bring quickly the best robe, the festive robe of honor, and put it on him and, and give a ring for his hand and sandals for his feet and bring out the wheat fatted calf. Who knew that was, uh, that was a wheat fatted calf and kill it. And I know I'm just thinking about Veronica's picture. Uh, <laughs> And revel and feast and be happy and make merry because my son was dead and is alive again. He is lost and is found. And now he began to revel and feast and make merry. And they began to revel and feast and make merry. Okay, so the younger son um, receives received the correction. He received kind of the humbling. Okay, and then he received a son's garments and celebration, right? That was his thing. He received a second inheritance. You know, he'd spent all the inheritance, and there was more, right? Why? Because he, he came back, and Daddy wouldn't listen to him saying he was, he was not a servant. He was going to be a servant. Daddy was like, no, you're my son, so just knock it off, okay? Right? He was able to receive correction without offense, and so he was able to partake, right? 
Okay, now going on. But the older son was in the field, and as he returned and came near the house, he heard music and dancing. And having called one of the servant boys to him, he began to ask what it meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and your father has killed the wheat-fatted calf because he has received him back safe and well. Okay, this one, say law on this next part. But the elder brother was angry with deep-seated wrath. Wow. And resolved not to go in. Then his father came out and began to plead with him. Okay, so let's just get a picture here. You know, we've read this so many times. Like, you know, we need like fresh ears, so fresh ears. Okay, so the older son um, was offended. Clearly, he was offended. Because he had been toiling in his father's fields the whole time, okay, trying to earn his dad's affection trying to earn his inheritance. Well, the younger son, the undeserving son, who blew all of his and dishonored the family, right, is now back and just receives it as a gift. So this guy is ticked off. Okay, this is an orphan heart. Whenever we are, you know, we've, we've done this before, like if you've been in the church and you've been serving in the church a while and whatever, and then you got, and you're believing for whatever, car, whatever it is, and then you get the newbie believer who just, you know, just, prayed the prayer of salvation the next day there's a new car in their parking lot okay how many have we all not been tempted to say like uh, god listen i've been toiling in your fields you know we, we we have to be careful but that that happens so that's an orphan thing that can't just rejoice like at the car in the lot right and he answered his father look these many years I've served you. I have never disobeyed your command. That's interesting. Yet you never gave me so much as a little kid that I might revel and feast and be happy and make merry with my friends. Okay, so what was he doing? Big chip on his shoulder. Okay, so clearly from this passage, he was serving out of obligation, not sonship. He was serving because he was trying to earn something rather than I'm a son and I got so much. I just got to do something awesome. Daddy, what can I do that would bless your heart? What can I do out of love for you? Like we are called to serve. We are called to serve. But it's from this place of I get to do something because I'm already, I've got the fatty calf, I've got the robe, i got the ring, i got the sandals, and I have the car, and I have a bunch of other things I haven't even wrapped yet. So, man, i got to do something or I'm going to explode, right? Because I'm clearly loved, right? He was also deceived about his own righteousness, right? I have never disobeyed, like never, never. Now, let's say his performance was 100% like he never did, like his dad said this and he did this. Okay, let's just say, which is doubtful, but let's just say that happened. But what was going on in his heart, right? Because in his heart, he was accusing his dad, right? He's accusing his dad of withholding. Like you never, you know, he goes out and does this and you never so much gave me a, a fatted kid, a wheat fatted kid. No, I don't know if it was wheat. But, um, you know, there was an accusation in his heart that his daddy was holding out to him. Now he'd been with his daddy the whole time. Tragedy, not knowing his daddy's heart, right? And his father said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. See, all that daddy has is ours. Like all that, all that, okay, all that daddy has is ours. All that he has is ours. So what does he have that we need that we're not seeing that we're struggling for because it's ours? Yeah. He said, uh, but it is fitting to make merry and to feast and rejoice for that brother of yours dead is, and is alive again. He is lost 
and now is found. Yeah. So his father had to plead with his son. To, I mean, that's heartbreaking. He had to plead with your son to be happy that his brother was back. Um, he re- reaffirmed um, him as his son in that passage, but he had to remind him that he already had access to everything. He had to correct his eldest son. Now, we don't know from this pack- passage if the elder son ever received it. Now, think about this. So what would happen, let's say, like part two, like the sequel, the prodigal son two. Okay, so, so okay, they're, they're done with all this, the reveling this and that. We have to think of two scenarios. Like if his, if his elder son's heart, like, you know, melted and, and cracked and said, wait a second, oh, these are my pea pods that I'm lusting after. Okay, so what would happen then? Well, he would be in an infinitely promotable place. Why? Because he had a tender heart, and he was correctable. Now, let's say sequel scenario part two. He was like, you know, justified in his own anger and his own bitterness. Okay, could that father promote him? Even though all he had was his, could he really release all that? He couldn't trust him. When when a parent can't trust their kids with their heart, there's only so much they can release. Right. And so um, in that place, we just need to be we just need to be careful. And honestly, it can hit any of us. Let me tell you, I'm, you know, we do the inner healing thing here. I do a lot of it, but I'm constantly finding places, honestly, where I am not the poster child. Okay, I'm just letting you know, just just in case it might blow you out of the water, just, you know, buckle your seatbelts. But I am a work in pro- I'm totally a work in progress. And it is shocking what we find about ourselves. But, you know, if you are, can get in the place, this is one thing. As human beings, we have the ability to stand outside ourselves and observe what's going on inside ourselves. And we can do this objectively. We can say, dang, that was a really crappy thought right there. That was, that was a mean thought. That was an insecure thought. That was a jealous thought. And we can literally, and you can do that without condemnation. As a matter of fact, the Lord wants you to do that without condemnation. Um, and we can, and, and because we can do that, it is that place that we can take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Okay, so we take those thoughts captive. Well, she must love her more than she loves me because, blah 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 blah, and that you know all that stuff, that stupid stuff that goes on inside us. Okay, we can take that captive because we can be that third party in, within ourselves and make it obedient to Christ. Obedient to Christ is just what—that's repenting. Like, what does God say about it? Yeah, so. Um, second, love, love's measurement of success is different from ours. So I was having a little insecure moment one day. I know that doesn't happen to anyone else but me, but I was having an insecure moment and, um, and it wasn't on this one issue I was talking about. It was just something else. And right now, honestly, I really don't remember what it was. And I was just coming to the Lord. I was saying, Lord, I know I'm insecure. I know I have an issue and I just, you just need to, I just need help. Just help me. Um, and you know, I just felt like a failure. I felt like, you know what, I should have done better. Like, I was called to do this, and this happened, and it turned out really crappy, and I should have known better, and I should have done better. I was just really feeling like, like I failed. And he said to me, I measure success differently from you. And I said, well, God, I clearly I need your measurement. And he, he pulled out this, this yard sticky-like thingy, and he pulled it out, and on it said, love stick. It was a love stick. Okay. Yeah. He pulled it out 
And he, I noticed there was all these people, and all these people appeared, and they were all shapes and sizes. They were tall, they were short, they were skinny, they were squat, whatever. And he'd come up to all these people, and some were saved, and some were not saved. And he took out his love stick, and he was measuring them. And he'd measure one, and, and they'd measure up, and he'd be like, you know, he was so excited. He was like, we just rejoiced. They, they measured up the love stick. They passed the love stick approval. And he went to every single person. And you know what? Every single person measured up to the love stick. Every single person measured. You measure up. You know, those believers that are unbelievers, they're measuring up. Why? Because God sees them as a finished product. God sees them through his heart. So you are intrinsically measure up. For all of you who've bought the lie that I'm not good enough, that I don't measure up, there's something wrong with me, that is garbage, okay? Because you've measured up. And so, you know, I'm just kind of watching this. I'm thinking, great. And it's so, what was so amazing was that he was so excited. Like, he'd go to every single one, and the angels would be cheering, and everybody was cheering because you measure up, and I measure up, and we're all good. Like, we're all intrinsically good. We all intrinsically measure up. And then, you know, and then I was continuing to meditate in this vision, and, and I saw out of these people and different people, there were words coming out of their mouths. And there were things that they were doing with their hands, which represented like works, just things that they were doing. And so, and there were the angels coming around and they had these love stick measurements. But with these love stick measurements, um, uh, a lot, they were measuring the words. They were measuring the works. And a lot of them were not met passing the love stick test right? There wasn't condemnation with it. And it was interesting. It was all sorts of people. It was believers. It was leaders. It was public people. It was not public people. And, um, and there were things that they failed to measure up. And some of these people were highly esteemed and they weren't passing the, the word and action love stick test. And then I also saw from these people, there were, there were just things that they were doing that were great acts of kindness. Some were really small acts of kindness. There were just kind words and things that people were uh, sacrificing and compassion, just the smallest compassion, an attitude of refusing to judge or condemn, patience. And these are all these different things. And they were, a lot of them looked really small. And, and these angels were measuring those and those were measuring up and they were beautiful. There was like rejoicing, even just the smallest things. I mean, I saw people patting a dog's head and it was measured and it passed the love stick test. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing as these, as these things or as people were passing the love stick test, the atmosphere was going brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And there was rejoicing. It was like the glory of the God was being released in patting the dog. Isn't that amazing? And the Lord brought to me, because this is in the context of me feeling like I failed, right? I failed my commission or whatever on that, in this particular area. Um, he said, therefore, bro- dear brothers and sisters, in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your labor, your acts of kindness, whatever those are, great and small, your sacrifices, you know, being the one who... The toilet paper roll is emptied and you replace the toilet paper roll. Okay, it is not in vain. Okay, those things you do with that sacrifice. You know, there's so many around here that have been laboring and then have done it with a beautiful heart behind the scenes where people aren't seeing it. And some of them are in front of the scenes, but they've done it with a beautiful heart 
that is like, we have no idea what high esteem and high regard the Lord has for that. Uh, another attribute of love. Love is the source and it's the conduit and filter of faith. So I was asking the Lord about this, you know, we were on this measuring success, right? And I came from, and a lot of us came from the, uh, the word of faith movement. And that's awesome. This is not a, a ping on that, but there is a ditch you can land, land into. Yes. Like anything else. Right. And I said, Lord, you know, I know faith pleases you right? Without faith, it is impossible to please God that we would have come to him must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of us that diligently seek him, right? So that's a big deal to the Lord. And I said, Lord, you know, is love even more important than faith? And yes, the answer is yes. Good, good answer. Good answer. Um, because faith pleases God, but now faith, hope, and love remain. And the greatest of these is love. And he also pointed me out, and this is so cool. This is such an awesome, um, and we're, we're getting near the end for those of you who are getting tired and hungry and whatever. So just hang in there. You're almost there. We're almost going to land this plane, okay? Uh, yeah. Um, love is so powerful that it must be activated and energized and go through it to be of any value. Galatians 5, 6. For we in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. I'll explain that in just a bit. But only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Activated, energized, and expressed and working through love. See, the circumcision is all about what do I have to do to be righteous? And back then, you had to be circumcised. That was a requirement. But today, it might look like your Bible reading. It might look like your time with the Lord. It might look with whatever, okay? And those are good things. Keep doing those things, okay? This is not a don't do those things, but do them for you, not to earn brownie points, okay? So he said, faith pleases me because it is the conduit through which I can release myself and my goodness to the object of my desire, but love is greater for it is my heart and it is myself. See, love is the filter. Love is the filter through which everything has to pass through. It's so powerful that faith must be activated and energized and go through it to express itself to be of any value. Get this next part. This like floored me. Otherwise, it is witchcraft. Freaky, huh? Love keeps faith safe. It appropriates what love purchased through grace. See, there are people that are using their faith, but they have an agenda. And it's not God's agenda. So when if we fall into the trap of using our faith for something that is not God's agenda, we may think it looks good, but there's something not passing the sniff test. Because the, our hearts, it's not activated and energized through love. Because it is, it's another agenda other than God's. So, man, he nailed it. Like, otherwise it is witchcraft. I'm like, tilt, 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 really? Because it's a manipulation. It's a control of bringing my desires, uh, my idea of how it should be, uh, and, and manipulating that through faith to get something that I want. So we just have to be careful. Yeah. Um, otherwise, what love purchase, oh, so it appropriates what love purchased through grace. So, um, he said, Catherine, keep loving, keep getting more free. You will see me more and more clearly as you express me and are conformed to his image. And this is not just for me. This is all of us. In order to love freely, 
How many of you have loved someone and you've just really been hurt? Like, that's just like everyone, so we can all be honest. I'm just seeing hands raised up all over the audience here because <laughs> we're honest people. Okay, um, right? We've all been hurt, and, and, our, and, our, and our response usually is to withdraw, like to withdraw ourselves because we don't want to be hurt anymore, okay? But there's a ways to keep our love on without having to withdraw, Okay. Love brings freedom and requires freedom of choice. You know, there are two trees in the garden. Have you ever thought about that? Like, I thought, like, God, you know, if you didn't have that dang tree, we wouldn't be in this mess right now. You know, I'm like, what, what was up with that? And the truth is, for love to be really love, there's a choice. You have to choose to love. And that's something we can all do. We can choose to love. We can choose to love someone who's hurt us. Now, they don't need to have access to, you know, the innermost, you know, places in our hearts. And, you know, trust is something that's earned. Um, so you can choose appropriate boundaries, but just make sure those boundaries are boundaries and not walls to shut you out because I'm withdrawing my love from you because you hurt me, right? Right? So there are two trees. So unconditional love is no matter what, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to pursue that goal of connection to you. Sometimes, as I said, it's not going to be warm and fuzzy. Sometimes it's going to be really warm and really fuzzy. And we all love those times. It's like, great, love is warm and fuzzy. This could be good. <laughs> That's right. Um, but it doesn't, it's not always going to look like that. And it's whatever it is, it's going to require discernment. It's going to require discernment. There are going to be times when God's going to ask you to be really tough. And that's good. You know, sometimes we all need a kahuna installment, okay? We do. I mean, that's just what it is. We just need a spinal installment, right? Because there are things that we need to do and we need to address that go beyond what feels good for the immediate moment. Yeah. Because really, we're after, you know, we're after the long haul. We're after that conformity with the image of Christ. And we all have areas that, honestly, we just don't see. We have blind spots. We get into self-deception. We get into all sorts of mess. And it is important that we are open for people who love us to come alongside us and say, let me pick that thing off you. Do you know that you're doing this? Do you know that? Do you see that? And, no, I'm not. Or, gee whiz, like, God, I, wow. And you can take it before the Lord. Because let me say this. God is building a community. He's not building you and Jesus like the Lone Ranger. He's building a community of believers. And so we have to count on one another to love one another enough to tell us when they're things. I mean, one of my, this is small, but I'm, especially the lady's going to get this. Okay, like you go about your day, you're in public all day long, and you've had a bra strap or something sticking out all day long, and there's not one person who told you right? Isn't that you go home and you think, did no one care? No, either they were ignoring me or they just didn't care enough to tell me. So, you know, if there's something we're doing, I mean, body odor, I, I know what that is. Okay. But if there's something we're doing, that is whatever we need to, I mean, if we can't confront a bra strap or body odor or something like that, like, what about if it's really significant? Like, um, I don't think you're being honest with yourself here. You know, we've got to be willing to step outside ourselves to love when it really looks like love. You know, not critical, 
you know, don't, don't like announce it in front of the group, okay? But, you know, you can pull someone aside and doing it in an honoring way. Yeah, we can do that. So I, I just, I just, I'm just going to pray. I believe the Lord is just calling us up higher. Father, I just thank you, Father, for just great discernment. I thank you for wisdom to know what love really looks like. I thank you, Papa, that we can have our WWLLL bracelets in the spirit um, where we can be reminded constantly of what does love really look like? What does love really look like in receiving it? What does love really look like in giving it, Papa? I thank you, Papa, for fearlessness in our midst. I thank you that perfect love casts out fear, that we can be fearless to receive truth and love. We can be fearless to speak truth and confront what needs to be confronted when it needs to be confronted father and so we just repent for all the different ways that we've gotten off with it we repent for mindsets that have gotten offended when we've been corrected we repent for mindsets and heart uh, heart issues that have made us um uncorrectable that have that have we've gone down that default of hurt rather that default of i'm loved enough for someone to bring this to my attention I thank you, Papa, that we are called sons and that we can stand up and take correction like a man, okay, or a woman. Papa, that we are sons, that we are correctable, Papa. And I thank you for every place that is not felt like love that we can see clearly. Because sometimes it wasn't love, but sometimes it really was love. And I just thank you for discernment, Father. I just thank you, Father, that you have so much confidence in us that we can handle kind of a tough message. We can handle it because we're sons. And I just thank you for great, I thank you for great grace. I thank you, Papa, that we're calling out the best in one another, that we're not compromising and we're not settling for, um, for the best in us. And so we embrace it. We run to that place of safety. We run to that place of love, which is bringing out the best in us, which is conforming us into the image of Christ. And I thank you, Papa, that love never fails. I thank you, Papa, that we give each other a first chance and a second chance and a third chance, Papa, that love never fails. And we're able to keep our hearts open towards one another. I thank you, Papa, for just um, the ability um, to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Thank you, Father, for that, that we see the best in one another. Thank you, Father. I thank you for fostering that in us. You're so good. You're so good. And we love you. We love you. And we, we, we receive whatever that is, Father. I, I, I'm just seeing right now that there's things that the Lord is bringing up right now. I just feel like there's an anointing on that. It's a little bit of a solemn thing, but it's important because you're important. And I just thank you, Papa, for just releasing that on your people. I just thank you that we receive it. We're thankful for it because you love us. You're not willing to leave us alone in the area that we need to come up higher. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, Father, for that. I thank you for champions. I thank you for champions that receive and run, Father. And I just thank you for the correction. I thank you for the letting go of whatever condemnation we may feel about that, Papa, and that we're able to receive the upgrade. Father, we just, I, just, I just see... I see like upgrades, like raining upgrades. There's one here, there's one here, there's one here. They're just kind of falling. Yeah, they're just upgrades because you're ready, because you're ready. Thank you, Father. (laughs) Thank you, Father.
wow. And I just feel, I, I, just, I just see Papa's, um, he's so proud. He's so proud. He's so proud of us just receiving what we need to receive and repenting, changing our minds to the upgrade. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, Father.